Time now for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. Good afternoon. Tanner Hoops with you in Studio WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette. Delighted that you're with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Very special guest in studio with us, Charlie Bramer. He's no stranger to the Sports Pen. I'm sure you've heard him on here before. Charlie, uh, you've been, you're no stranger to this. You've probably been here more than I have, but our first time working together, man. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Looking forward to working together. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm really happy to be here. It's weird. It feels like my first day. It feels like my first day all over again. New, just whole new thing going here. I'm glad. You know, hopefully a good feeling. Hopefully we've got a good show. We've got plenty to talk about. And you're decked out. I know we're on radio. They can't see you, but you're decked out. That's a good out. thing. That's You've a good got... thing. Radio face. <laughs> that used to be a thing, Blake, and I would make fun of my radio face. I'm not going to make fun of a radio face. You don't have a radio face. <laughs> we Charlie. all got radio faces. That's why we're on radio. <laughs> well, you've got your Brewer's hat. Yeah. Your Packer's t-shirt. Yeah. You're pretty happy after I, last I won't, night, what I'm guessing. I won't tell you what uh, what underwear I'm wearing, I Milwaukee guess. Bucks? <laughs> no. And the Bucks? No. If I could find today. some, maybe I'd get some. <laughs> well, shoot, you had to be pretty happy after last night. Tell me what it was, what it was like in the Bramer household. I was real happy. Well, I had, um, I had the Brewers game streaming on one computer, and I had the Packers game streaming on another. Mm-hmm. And um, the Packers, man, that did not look good. And then, of course, at the end, the Brewers had to make it. So I guess there was a little, uh, there was some stomach ache towards the end of those two games, but they got through it. I mean, I was going to be happy. I was pretty, if one of them would have won, you know, preferably the Brewers, obviously, because it's playoff, but for both teams to win, if only the Badgers could have won. I mean, that was kind of a dampener on the whole weekend. That was pretty sad. Well, they made up for it last night, hopefully. So you're a Badgers guy, too. All Wisconsin. Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. All Wisconsin. Okay, so yep. Bucks are going to be tipping off the season tonight. And we'll, we'll talk about the NBA a little bit. First, we've got uh, NFL and MLB to focus on. I said on the show yesterday, if the Pack didn't win last night, I thought it would be the knockout punch for their playoff chances. They It'd kept it close. alive. Yeah. They kept it alive, though, and Aaron Rodgers did his thing. Uh, some people will say that, you know, the 49ers blew that game, that they're a bad defense, they made mistakes, and they did, but everybody's going to make mistakes, and not every quarterback is going to be able to capitalize on that. Aaron Rodgers is. You can't leave the door open enough for him because he's going to do what he did last night. Man, he made some throws, huh? Yeah, that was really something, just made the throws. And But you just really wonder, you know, like, where is that for the rest of the game? You know, Mm -hmm. that's what my dad always says, like, why do they wait until the fourth quarter, you know? And you kind of do start to wonder that, but... I guess it's just they're willing to take more risk in the fourth quarter, and sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. Well, they looked uninspired for about three and a half quarters in that game, and that second end of the fourth quarter, they looked like the Packers team everyone was expecting this year. How about Mason Crosby? Big bounce-back night for him. That was, yeah. We're really hoping it wasn't going to turn into the 2012 season for Mason Crosby, Mm -hmm. and luckily it didn't. Um, Yeah, like you said, he bounced back. I thought obviously the key play of the game was the Kevin King interception because mm-hmm. when the season started, you know, we knew the Packers were going to give up yards. That's what they always do. They mm-hmm. give up yards. But you were really hoping with these new defensive backs they brought in that they could kind of go back to the 2010 defense that, yeah, they gave up a lot of yards. But it seemed like when it really counted, even in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. they could get that turnover. They could force a turnover. And finally last night, that that finally happened. They got that big turnover that for the last few years that's been really hard for them to get. Tell me a little from you followed the Packers for many years. Dom Capers out as defensive coordinator. Mike Petton brought in. Tell me a little about what you're seeing from his scheme as compared to Capers, what you like about it, maybe you don't. Well, I was really hoping see with the new coordinator it was all gonna bring pressure up the middle. Mm-hmm. And I like that concept. But then when Muhammad Wilkerson went down, mm-hmm. it uh, it really put a dampener on that whole. I mean, and where has Mike Daniels been so far this year? Um, I was really looking for bigger things from, I guess, from the defensive line than what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, especially the secondary scheme, has kind of stayed the same because Joe Witt 
the secondary coach. I don't know how much he oversees all that, but it seems like really the secondary scheme hasn't changed so much. They're obviously playing the same sub packages that they always played with their nickel and dimes with um, with Petten as they did with Capers. Um, I was with Petten. I was really hoping there would be more out of the defensive line. And uh, I guess maybe that you can chalk it up to injury. I was really hoping Montrevious Adams. I mean, he looked explosive off the ball in preseason, and he's been really getting talked up the last two years and nothing to show for it, one of those situations. But, you know, only time will tell. I it's The defense hasn't, I mean, you can't really say they've gotten worse. They've mm-hmm. maybe stayed about the same. They're, uh, some of these I mean, each young corner has flashed. I mean, they've each made a few plays, had some picks. So there's a lot of room for improvement, and at least the guys are young enough to where you can expect some improvement, hopefully. So you've got the Packers that are still in the race in the NFC North. Give me your thoughts on the North this year, because it is not at all what I expected no, it to be. anyone. I, I was saying, oh, there's going to be three teams that are going to make the playoff from the North, and... Uh, probably be one maybe now maybe two i guess but yeah what a disappointment and who saw the bears really um coming out and just with all their it seemed that they were really more or less going to be just a hodgepodge of a roster just kind of thrown together but apparently not um i don't know what they're gonna do i don't know what their draft pick situation is i mean to get their quarterback and then to get mac what draft picks do they have left i mean what more do they really have to build on? Um, my big thing with the Packers this year is uh, Brian Gutekunst, you know, he came in, made some moves, made the fans happy. And um, I don't know if I – don't, I don't know about that yet still. I'm a little – I might start missing Ted Thompson a little bit if things keep going the way they're going. Well, I like that you brought up the Bears draft picks because – what is their end goal for this season? This is not a team that can contend for the Super Bowl. They might win the division the way things are going right now, but realistically, I don't see the Bears winning more than one playoff game. So what is their their draft situation? I think for the Bears, well, their end goal would be to win one playoff game. How mm-hmm. long has that been? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just, just you know, that's, that's always been a Packers thing, you know, just stockpile the draft picks and the rest will kind of mm-hmm. – take care of itself and the bears are kind of doing the opposite way so we'll see i guess we'll see which scheme which uh would what's the better way to build a roster i think it's kind of obvious which is a better way but at least for the short term we'll see let's say you're the packers front office you can pick oh my any dream position right now it's your dream job <laughs> oh all right we're I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm in fantasy world here now for real <laughs> well let's say you can pick any position right now for the packers to upgrade at where are you upgrading? Oh, man. I guess I wouldn't really so much say a specific position so much as just a pass rush. Okay. Let's get some more of a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I can't really say outside linebacker because they've got Nick Perry. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, well, what are you going to – I'm still a big Clay Matthews fan. Yep, I'm too. He, he made a big play last night. He's got a knack making big plays Mm -hmm. and that's something i was going to hit on these guys that can just make big plays when it matters when we talk brewers orlando arcia you know Mm -hmm. like he had so many walk off and game winning hits this year but he batted under 220 Mm -hmm. he's just got a knack and now in the playoffs he's already got as many or more home runs in the playoffs as he did in the regular season but let's get some more pass rush just consistent pass rush Mm -hmm. i don't whether that would be an interior defensive lineman, a defensive end, an outside linebacker, could be a middle linebacker. Mm. I don't know. I mean, Blake Martinez is even starting to show a little ability of mm-hmm. getting up to the I quarterback. Like him a lot. Yeah, he plays really fast. And um, you kind of wonder. I was really hoping for more out of Oren Burks. He was getting mm-hmm. talked up so big. Um, you kind of wonder how much they're missing Jake Ryan. I, I really mm-hmm. didn't think that was going to be too big of a hit. But it kind of seems like maybe it is in the run game. You know, I was expecting more of their run defense, too. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess just pass rush, man. And that's always, you can never have enough pass rush, right? 
So it may be too early to ask this. I know it's not until April, but is there anybody as a Packers fan you're looking at potentially taking in the draft that you would think would be a great fit with this Packer team, offense or defense? Anybody you really like? Ooh, I don't know. Is I Jonathan mean, Jonathan Taylor going to the draft? They could use an upgrade at running back. I really like the Packers running back situation. I do. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Aaron Jones, man. I'm a big Aaron when Jones fan. When they utilize fan. him. Yeah. They, I don't think they use him enough. No, no. Him and, what is it, Jamal Williams? There's, Jamal Williams, yep. They should not be splitting carries. Ty Montgomery has got potential, but Jones has been more consistent. They need to use him more. They need to make him the number one back. Yeah, he led the NFL last year in yards per carry. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's got to be up there this year as well. What did he have last night? 40 yards on eight carries or something. something like that. And he's consistently putting up over five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't go down. He's just one of them little quick guys. He's got that quick strength and just doesn't go down. He's extremely athletic. He can run with power even when his body's all torqued and twisted. And, and when he, he seems off balance, but he has the athletic strength to stay on his feet and keep running with power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really, it seems like that offense is just not quite, they're not, it seems like, I don't know if they're not sticking with their game plan or, because I know Mike McCarthy, he's a run guy. He mm-hmm. really is. And there's been times where he's forced the run when I thought they shouldn't. And now I'm thinking they should force the run and they're not so much. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about there about you know what McCarthy's thinking. Obviously, uh, I'm sure he would like to get Aaron Jones the ball more. Mm-hmm. He always says, you know, let's get the ball in the hands of our playmakers, and Jones is certainly a playmaker. Yeah. So I just you just kind of are left wondering why that's not happening mm-hmm. more, and they're so shorthanded at you know supposedly shorthanded at wide receiver. Although Allison and Cobb will be back. I guess for the next game mm-hmm. after the bye week. Um, but you haven't seen Montgomery, you know, even in the slots much. I was expecting to see him move around a little more. Mm-hmm. He has not been on the field as much as I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. I think he's being underutilized as well. Mm-hmm. And, and Mercedes Lewis, I was expecting him to be more of a playmaker in the play-action game. And where's he been? Just all these guys that I had expectations for, it's – it's just not not living up to the hype so far. They're obviously getting it done just enough, but it's the whole team just kind of seems like they need to get to another level, you know. How about on defense? Anybody coming out of the draft that stands out to you? You think could be a good fit there for Mike Pettin? Oh, geez, yeah. There's any number of guys. I mean, they're obviously probably going to use that first round. Well, they have two first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I'm kind of interested to see would they turn that into one higher draft pick mm-hmm. or because it's going to be two, you know, in the 20s, late first round. It's kind of mm-hmm. the same as an early second round draft pick. Um, man, I don't know. There's so many different guys that you could sit and go on about. Um, certainly last year, you know, it wasn't much of a draft for the pass rush. And um, so they didn't go that route this year. There's going to be more pass rushers available. Um, I probably want to see the college season play out a little bit more, you know. Um, There's going to be some big names, and um, there's certainly going to be guys that we're not talking about now that are going to be jumped right up into the top ten probably. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm hoping when, when or if that happens, hopefully the Packers can can take because they got some really good draft stock this year hopefully they can take that and really turn that into something that'll pay quick dividends on the field let me throw a name at you and you're a wisconsin fan so you might not like it but i see him fitting really well in the packers defense if they go that route next year chase winovich from michigan oh yeah right there i have no and uh what's his name gary i always forget these college guys names. there's so so many college guys out there and Mm -hmm. i always get their names all mixed up no i got i have no problem with anybody michigan michigan state there's been a ton of good iowa players Mm -hmm. that have played huge for the packers and um yeah there's so many guys it's just which one of these guys are going to be able to win one-on-ones in the nfl you know it's so hard to tell 
Well, Winovich, to me, he reminds me of Jake Ryan quite a bit. And, you know, they are missing Ryan this year, maybe more than a lot of people thought. He would be a guy that is certainly younger, a little more healthy. I think he'd be great there on the pass rush. I think he'd go really well with Petten's system. Is he going to be a first round? A top? I don't know that he'll be a yeah, first round. He would be one of the I, middle round guys. At some point, I think the Packers drafting him would be the move. I don't know what round, but he'd be a great pickup in that defense. Right, yeah, and there's there's just so many guys. You know, it's it, it so much is going to change between now and the draft as far as is this guy going to be a third rounder or a first rounder, or mm-hmm. maybe could potentially see him as a first rounder now and he drops way down. You know, so that's why it's kind of hard for me to pick out names because i well it's not like people are going to go back in time and probably listen to this so it probably wouldn't really but i if i did i mean i'd be like i could probably go back in time and be like you said who was going to be jo- <laughs> what an idiot you know so there's a lot that's going to change between now and april it's not a lot can change a lot will change right what is it what is it week week what and we're already oh, talking we're potential probably, draft we're about halfway through for some time. right we've got so much good sports to talk about and somehow we're we're already talking about the draft what's wrong with us huh all four major sports are going to be going as of tonight and we're here speculating to april right that's of course that's the beauty of this month this time of the year october we've got charlie bramer in studio with us we'll take a break come back we'll talk the brewers big win last night over la all that and more coming up in the sports pen this is espn up and the espn up mobile app Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Playoff primer, missed kicks, and playoff problems. It's all next on This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. Hi again, everyone. I'm John Johnson, and welcome to This Week in High School Sports. Sunday evening at 7 on Fox Sports Detroit, foxsportsdetroit.com, and the Fox Sports app, the Selection Sunday show will reveal the qualifiers and pairings for the 44th annual MHSAA football playoffs. For the most part, folks know the drill now is how you qualify. All of those teams with six or more wins, followed by five and four, four and three, and four and four teams if necessary to fill out the field to 256 will take part. And right now, we'll predict that we'll have a record-setting number of additional qualifiers this year. From there, the 256 teams are ranked by enrollments and broken into divisions of 32 teams each and placed on maps. First drawing the teams into regions of eight, then districts of four, where they're paired by playoff point average to get the first-round pairings. And it's at this point where folks don't always get it. Here's Andy Freshour from the MHSAA. Every map every year is a unique puzzle with 32 different dots representing the 32 teams. And because every map is unique, if you went west one year, you might go east the next. Or if you went north last year, you may end up going south this year. Most games in the first three weeks of the tournament will be Friday nights at 7. Although if the two teams are more than 75 miles apart, a Saturday afternoon time is likely. And there are no prearranged sites until the semifinal round of the tournament, regardless of how far the two teams are apart. Our MHSAA.TV game balls this week go out to Jake Jensen of Clarkston, who ran for two touchdowns and passed for a third in the Wolves' 24-14 win over Lake Orion, a game you can watch the free archive of right now on MHSAA.TV. And North Muskegon soccer goalie Nick Gersweiler, who came up with a big save in the 11th, that's right, the 11th round of a shootout to give his team a 3-2 win over Whitehall in the championship game of the West Michigan Conference Tournament last week. Back with more in a moment, you're listening to This Week in High School Sports. Do you need money for college? Michigan Student Aid is Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. They administer scholarships, grants, college savings programs, and other resources that help make college accessible, affordable, and achievable for you. See how they can help you today by visiting michigan.gov slash mystudentaid and connect with Michigan Student Aid on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. Our weekly Be the Referee feature dives into the fine art of officiating with Brent Rice. One of the differences between high school football rules and rules at the collegiate and professional levels deals with punts and missed field goals. Essentially, the place kick is treated just like a punt as it relates to team possession, the goal line, and out of bounds. If either goes out of bounds from inside the field of play, the defensive team takes possession at that spot. 
If either goes into the end zone, the defensive team may not return the kick. And a missed field goal in high school that goes into or through the end zone, resulting in a touchback, has the defense taking over first and 10 at the 20, regardless of the previous spot. Thanks, Brent. You can be a referee. Go to the MHSAA website now to register. Ever since the first football playoff series in 1975, schools have asked for expansion of the tournament, an insatiable appetite where the results have not always necessarily been in the best interest of educational athletics. The expansion road has been littered with broken up local rivalries and fractured leagues and conferences which had made a lot of sense, except for the desire to make the playoffs. Going to 256 teams has also made a lot of roadkill out of first-round qualifiers, getting blown out in games that probably should not have taken place, all for the glory of making the playoffs. The only fourth seed I can ever remember getting to the finals was a team that ended up in fourth after having to forfeit several regular season wins. And the gamesmanship by coaches to not play rivals or local opponents for fear of not making the field hasn't diminished much, if at all. So what do I say to those who continue to advocate for continued expansion? When will you get it? Do you really want 512 out of 550 teams in the tournament and those lovely 9-0 versus 0-9 matchups where nobody really wins just so you can say you made the playoffs? The football playoffs are different from all other tournaments where everyone gets a fresh start, and rightfully so. We already have too many teams. You've been listening to This Week in High School Sports, powered by Michigan Student Aid, a production of the MHSA Network. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm John Johnson. We'll see you next time. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Danner Hoops joined by Charlie Bramer. Charlie, what side? What you Man, got? I, I'm, I'm just busting at the seams here. I'm so excited to tell the people, Pigskin Payday is back. Pick the winners of each week's game to win, and you can play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. You think, man, the people are so excited, aren't they? You nailed it. They're just dying. You nailed it. Because you did that after doing it with Blake for how long and then coming back, it's like, a, it's like I don't know, nostalgia or something. It is kind of. Yeah. But, but like I said, it still feels like a first day here. I got the first day jitters. I don't know what it is. I'm like all nervous. Well, we're glad that you're here with us. We've got Charlie Bramer again, an old pro. He's been on with Blake Froling before. First time that Charlie and I have been able to work together here on ESPN UP. We call ESPN this work. UP mobile app. Is we this can, work? We can call it work. Wow, isn't that that's nice? awesome? It's a pretty yeah. cool gig we've got here. I worked hard today. <laughs> Talking. Isn't that great? It's awesome. We get a yak about our opinions. Right. We'll shoot the you know what and. You know, nobody can tell us any different. Right. Man, what a, what a deal, it's huh? It's the life, isn't it? Plus, we get to talk about the Brewers and the win they had last night out at Chavez Ravine. 4 nothing. Milwaukee shuts out the Dodgers. L.A.'s offense is, I wouldn't say they're the best left out of the Final Four, but they make their case to be. And the Brewers shut them out. Chichin looked excellent. Bullpen, a little shaky toward the end, but still put a zero on the board. Got to be happy with that. Well... People talk about the Brewers needing more out of their starting rotation. Yulis Chassin, mm-hmm. since the Cubs, you know, since game 163, um, what did he allow? I think he went five and two-thirds. Didn't get, he's, he hasn't given up an earned run in like 16 innings. Um, his, his two starts in the playoffs, obviously they're shorter starts. Yeah, would you like to get an extra inning or two? Yeah, that'd be nice, but the guy's putting up zeros. Mm-hmm. Uh, what more could you want from a starting? And then Wade Miley, you mm-hmm. know, he's thrown ten innings of no-run baseball in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, still on my way in today, um, it was oh, I don't think the Brewers can do it over a whole. First, it was they can't do it over a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. Now it's they can't do it over two seven-game series in a row. And, um, man, I really think they can because of the off days. Mm -hmm. The off days are everything. Mm -hmm. Josh Hader can get his rest. Last night he came in, got two big outs. He'll still be available for tonight. He can pitch tonight, have a day off, and be right back ready to go when they head back to Milwaukee. So, um, man, I'm stoked. Brewers had a lead late in game two. Bullpen, which is the Brewers' strength heading into that series, ends up giving it up. 
They bounced back in a big way last night. How big was that for the bullpen to put up the numbers they did? Oh, man. I mean, of course, like we said before, they had to make it interesting at the end. They just had to do that. I don't know why they got to do that to us. but um, And it seems like Jeremy Jeffress, he's sharp. His mm-hmm. stuff is sharp. Um, I feel like he's throwing a little more breaking balls than he was mm-hmm. um, earlier in the year when he was having – a chunk of his success, a big, but obviously he was successful. He was unscored upon, um, what, like 65 out of 70 appearances or something like that, mm-hmm. something outrageous. Um, but I just really want him to come to right-handers, throw more of that two-seam fastball up and in and bust some bats. Mm-hmm. He's been throwing a few more split changes, um, and guys have been able to barrel some of those up, which you haven't seen that all year. Um, but if they know that it's coming, they can hit anything. So I, I don't know what's really going on there. He's still getting, just getting by by the skin of his teeth, as they would say. But man, yeah, like you said, what a huge win! Um, now they're guaranteed to go back to Milwaukee mm-hmm. if they could win two out of three there in in California. Man, you really like their odds, mm-hmm. you know. And it would be great if they could get this taken care of in six games. Mm-hmm. But is that asking too much? It might be. But if they could, then they go into the World Series with all that extra rest. How much fun has it been to watch the team, not only this year, but they've been taking steps in the right direction the last few years. Craig Council, fourth year as a manager, is doing a fantastic job. Tell me a little, and we talked about this earlier on the show, is the culture change going on with Milwaukee baseball. It's happening here with the Craig Council regime. Tell me how it compares uh, when you look at it from the managerial eras of guys like Ron Renneke or Ned Yost. What does Craig Council bring to the table they didn't? Well, Ned Yost, I thought he was a pretty good fit in Milwaukee. He's he's more of a player's manager. They love him, obviously, in Kansas City. Um, but Ron Redicky, he he's just more of like an old school guy. Um, the clubhouse always seemed to be really quiet. The dugout was always really quiet. And um, obviously they had some good teams, put up some big win seasons. Um, but, but, yeah, Craig Council just really brought back that – he he just lets the players loose, you know, lets them do their own thing. Um, he's not one of these old school guys where it's just no bat flips and no, you know, he lets the guys have a little fun. Um, but obviously it's uh, Ron Redicky was one of those guys that he just went with his gut. Mm-hmm. His gut was his analytics, you know. Um, but Craig Council, man, he's got a whole team that he relies on. Um, the biggest change I've seen is from – obviously from the pitching staff you know we talk about the bullpen being so improved mm-hmm. and that their pitching coach uh, what the heck is his name now i'm just having a super huge brain fart um dj whatever his name is man he is fantastic he's he's super analytical but he applies analytics to the player's strengths mm-hmm. and um because as we've seen with other guys when they just go completely with the analytics it, it sometimes take away, takes away from their strength. And you can't just rely on it. So you, the guys are finding a way to blend analytics with players' strengths. And, um, man, it's just really working out. And and guys like Ed Cedar and uh, bench coach Pat Murphy, man, these guys, they just really – council leans on them. You mm-hmm. know, they're not just there to be there. They're, they're all – council, he, he's just – that's what he brings to the – he gives everybody a voice, mm-hmm. I feel like, is what he brings. And um, he really – he everything goes through him, but, but at the same time, like I said, he gives everybody a voice. And um, he's, he's not one of these managers that it's his way or the highway. Um, and, and he's not one of these guys that's afraid to be proven wrong. And when the Brewers hired Craig Councilman, I could not have been more stoked. I just absolutely could not have been more excited because I was a huge Craig Council fan mm-hmm. growing up when he played for the Brewers, even though he was never really that great. You just always liked him because he was the underdog. Mm-hmm. And just like Orlando Arce is doing in the playoffs now, he always got the big hit, and uh, he just found a way to get it done. And uh, now that's what he's doing as he manages his team. He's just mm-hmm. finding a way to get it done, and you just love to see 
these underdog guys have success like that. It's a lot of fun. Does a guy like that, like Craig Counts, you mentioned an underdog as a player, and those guys, I feel, tend to be the better managers, the guys who maybe weren't playing every day. It gives them time to analyze everything, be around the managers in the dugout, get a feel of that. Backup catchers, for whatever reason, always seem to go on to be good managers. Does a guy like that, like Craig Council, get the most out of maybe guys who fly under the radar, guys like Eric Kratz, because he's having a great postseason? It seems, yeah, it seems like, you know, guys like that generally have, uh, they're more open-minded, and, man, Craig Council has been just, and his staffs have been at the forefront of these, you know, obviously the Brewers shift more than any other team in all of baseball, and, um... They're right up there in defensive runs saved because of it. And um, it's he just does not get enough credit. I mean, who else would you take for manager of the year? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to – he has to win it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I could sit here and just sing his praises all day. I could, but um, I I don't know. What do the people want to hear? we got to give the people what they want. We're close enough to Milwaukee. We are, aren't We've we? We've got a pretty good brewer following, I think. Well, especially this time of year, right? right? When I they're... mean, the Tiger fans can't really argue. Oh, no, I guess not, huh? But not, how not much fun... on Garden Hire. No, no. But <laughs> how much fun would that be, Brewers-Tigers World Series? Fun. In a few years, maybe? Yeah. In Tigers a few years. are going through a rebuild, but it won't be long. They'll no. Be and and uh, Blake was always down. He would always say, oh, it's going to be so many years. I, mean, I think it's going to be about two years. Think so? I think the Tigers are going to be, man, if there's one thing Ron Gardenhider can do, mm-hmm. he can flip a baseball team around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're being from Iowa. Yep, followed the Twins for I, a long time. Yep, I walked in here, I saw your little Twins thing there, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and I grew up just across the uh, border from St. Paul and River mm-hmm. Falls, so everything was Twins when mm-hmm. I was growing up, but I was a Brewers fan. The only way I could get anything Brewers was AM radio, mm-hmm. but... Uh, so so yeah, actually up here there there is uh it's nice the brewers following, it's kinda of surprising. But up here the people kinda of do the whole thing where there'll be a Packers fan but then a Tigers fan and there'll maybe be a Brewers fan but then they're a Red Wings fan. So it's kinda of like intermixed. You get a, a little bit of the best of everything. Yep. Up here. Yep. Well, going back to the Brewers, how weird is it to think that a little less than a month ago there was actually a debate who was the NL MVP between Yelich and Javi Baez? That was so funny, too, because the first person I, I heard ever say anything about Christian Yelich possibly being an MVP candidate, and this was back probably the end of July, mid-end of July, and it was Blake. And he's like, do you think Christian Yelich might be a Dark Horse MVP candidate? And at first I was like, no, because there's got to be somebody out there just you know crushing the ball that I'm not really paying attention to. Then I looked at all the league leaders in the stats, and I'm like, yeah, well, if he if he can turn it on, you know, wow, he actually does have a pretty good shot. Well, of course, did he ever turn it on? I mean, looking back at it, whoever would have saw that coming? Mm-hmm. And, um, man, really, the Brewers, they got to have the MVP and the manager of the year. Very well could. And, I mean, the reliever of the year. They got all mm-hmm. these, they're just star-studded. When the heck did that happen? Maybe even a World Series to go with it. That would be nice. That would be nice. We've got Charlie Bramer in studio with us talking Packers, Brewers. We've got much more coming up, including the Bucks tipping off the NBA season this evening. We have all that and more coming up on the Sports Pen, ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. Tanner Hoops joined by Charlie Bramer. We're right. here on the Sports Pen. Yeah, go for it. Man, if you've got it, see, you go I'm two just, for two. I'm just busting at the seams here like last time. I, I'm so excited to tell the people that the Pigskin Payday is back, and they can pick the winners of each week's game to win, play all season long for your chance at $100,000 grand prize. That's the grand prize. Mm-hmm. Only at a gym with casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. Isn't it Nailed like it. Uh, each week they get a share of like six hundred bucks or something? I don't know. I don't know the contest details. I, I, I man, don't. Shouldn't we know the contest details? Probably. Maybe we should get in on it. Hundred thousand dollars. I don't think I, I could pick them well enough for that. No. No. 
see, and that's the thing. Like the, you're a pro though. You're technically a I pro. Like I like to mean, think I am. Yeah, but I'm. I don't. I can't predict it. I can just talk about what happens. See what that goes to show, though. Even the pros can't predict, man. These people that barely watch sports, and all of a sudden they're gonna go and they think they're all their picks are just like you know, it's like biblical or oh, something. I'm glad their you picks. think I'm a pro, or at least somebody. Well, does. hey, you're a pro. You get paid for it. You're a pro, right? That works. I'm not a pro, man. I had a huge brain fart last, and I couldn't remember. The Brewers pitching coach's name. And I'm just thinking DJ, DJ. So what's his name? DJ something. Well, his name's Derek Johnson. Mm. That's why I was thinking DJ. Yep. I, the Brewers announcers must just refer to him as DJ. I'm sure he's been called DJ by a lot of people before. Right. right. And, uh, and then I was reading about him during the break. I got my little my little Chromebook and get all my info for when I have my brain farts. But he was a pitching coordinator for the Chicago Cubs, minor league pitching coordinator for mm-hmm. the Cubs before he came to Milwaukee. Maybe he brought some secrets with him. Mm. The Brewers really did it to the Cubs the second half yes, of the year. Yes, they did. I don't know. Yes, they did. Any edge you can get, right? Whatever works, and it Whatever certainly works. did work for the Brewers certainly. and still got a little farther to fly. And another thing, see, the Brewers made a huge deal with um, – and it's really the trade that turned their team around. Mm-hmm. They traded uh, – Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires to the Houston Astros for Josh Hader, Brett Phillips, Domingo Santana, and oh man, now I'm having another huge brain fart. Um, uh, Adrian Hauser, mm. and all four of those players has made con- contributions at the major league level already. Mm. That trade was done in 2015, but they did that trade with the Astros. Then bam, right after they made that trade, the assistant to the GM. In, in Houston at the time was David Stearns. Mm-hmm. He makes his huge trade, trades their best prospects to Milwaukee. Then, bam, he's got the job in Milwaukee. Go figure, right? So any advantage, any edge you can get. And now, obviously, wow, how has that trade paid mm-hmm. off? They got they traded Brett Phillips for Mike Moustakis. Yep. And, um, wow, he's just paid off. And, obviously, Josh Hader, um the best reliever in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. And right there, the trade would be a home run. But they also got a guy that hit 30 homers last year out of the deal. And uh, Adrian Hauser, I think he's going to be in their rotation next year. He throws 97, 96, 97, good breaking ball. That's something I've really been wondering about now. It seems like they're going to have a surplus of arms going in trying to be in the rotation next year. Guys like Brandon Woodruff, he was sitting 94-96, put him in the bullpen, now he's throwing 97-98, he's super effective. Are they going to send him back to the rotation? Who are they going to keep in the rotation, and who are they going to keep in the bullpen? You know, it was always said, even last year, they were still saying Josh Hader was going to be a part of the rotation moving forward. Well, obviously, that's not going to happen. No. So, I'm sure they'll figure it out, though. They've got all this talent. They'll figure out a way to use it. And like you said, hopefully it can get him a ring this year. You think about Josh Hader, and a lot of people forget he used to be with the Astros organization. Yeah. Him with Houston would just be beyond scary. Like, we could cancel the rest of the postseason. They're, I don't think they're beginning yeah. by Houston. No, and and even Domingo Santana, too. Mm-hmm. Houston could, could use that they outfielder. Could. They definitely could. That power-hitting outfielder. Right? And he actually... Um, He's just a great OPS guy. He's always got a high OPS, gets on base, and hits for power. He mm-hmm. strikes out too much, but... That happens, and it's starting to become more... It's gonna. It's the norm of baseball now. Yep, and his defense has really picked up mm-hmm. the last couple of years, too. He was a below-average defender. It was kind of looking like he was going to go the way of Chris Davis and have to be traded to a American League team so he mm-hmm. could just DH, but his defense has really come around, and hopefully he can stick with the Brewers moving forward. Then you, you mentioned the trade to get Moustakis from Kansas City. Mike Moustakis for Brett Phillips is just not even fair. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Well, the Brewers did that a couple times, man. Lewis Brinson for mm. Christian Yelich. Mm. Are you kidding me? And Christian Yelich is only a year and a half older mm. than Lewis Brinson. So you think, oh, you're trading this prospect for an older established player. Well, they're pretty much the same age. And... If Lewis Brinson turns out to be Christian Yelich, I mean, even before Christian Yelich took this huge step up in his career, even when he was just a you know a twenty steal twenty homer guy, 
Lewis Brinson probably won't even be that. Mm-hmm. So you just think how the Brewers swindled in these deals, man. I'm loving it. Eric Thames isn't even on the postseason roster. Isn't we all know what real? type of player he is. That's yeah. ridiculous. They had multiple 30-homer guys this, from last year. Mm-hmm. This year, I mean, they were they just didn't have the at-bats for them. Mm-hmm. It's unreal the surplus of Major League talent this team has. And, mm-hmm. and some of their best hitters are still in the minors. Mm-hmm. Man, I just can't stop. When you think about it, and they had a trade that originally looked bad. Around June, it looked pretty bad. Now, getting rid of Chris Davis to Oakland doesn't look near as bad anymore. I mean, they they don't, they wouldn't have room for him. Even if he was there and they've got enough guys that are hitting for power, they're still alive, and Oakland isn't. Certainly, and, and, and that was the thing with Chris Davis. It was, we know that he can hit, but... How many runs is he going to give up defensively? Mm-hmm. So he he really needed to be moved to an American League team, mm-hmm. and and look at the Brewers' defense this year. You know they were throwing out they were throwing out some suspect players at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Travis saw it, shot second. That's more of a range thing. Mm-hmm. You know he's anything he can get his glove on, he's going to snag. Um, but then Domingo Santana in the outfield a little bit. Eric Thames in the outfield. Yep. They managed to be right up, like we said before, in the top of the league in defensive runs saved mm-hmm. with some seriously suspect defenders out there in the field. So um, moving forward, um, yeah, what are they going to do with all these guys? Eric Thames has another year Eric Thames has another year in his deal. Um, it, obviously, Yelich and Kane aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Ryan Braun is claiming he feels like he's going on 25, not 35. We'll see how long he feels like that for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what are they going to do with all these guys? And then at catcher, Jacob Nottingham looked good at times this year. Mm-hmm. But Manny Pena is going to be, what, 32 next year? Yep. Is Eric Kratz going to retire when this year's over? Steven Vogt when he's healthy. It's Steven Vogt. But, yeah, how old's he going to be next mm-hmm. year? 35? That guy cannot throw. He absolutely cannot throw. He cannot. I don't think I've seen him throw a runner out ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he just cannot throw. But um, he's definitely a good left-handed bat. Um, you know, if you want to platoon him with a righty, mm-hmm. um, he's a good platoon catcher, that's for sure. How about some of the utility infielders they have? We didn't even mention them because there's just no room for them. Oh, man. Perez, I love, yeah, Tyler I, Saladino, yeah. Jonathan Scope. I mean, these guys could start for about – Anyone else in the league? And that and in the Brewers, I don't they have Jonathan Scope for next year if they want him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an option. Is Mike Mustakis going to want to? He's apparently liking it in Milwaukee. I would too. Are they going to strike up a deal on his player option? Mm-hmm. There's so many interesting things. I don't know if I've ever been so excited for an off season, but there's still a lot of baseball left yes, to be there played. Is. Man, this is fun. I. The Brewers have only been in it a couple times in my lifetime, man. This is enjoyable for sure. How about their outfield? Keon Broxton's not an everyday player, but he always seems to come up with a big play. And then getting Curtis Granderson at the deadline. Again, a guy who's maybe over the hill, but he's been in postseason experiences like this, and he has a lot to offer this team. Man, I thought he was going to win game two off the bat, Mm -hmm. off his bat, that ball to deep right center. He just got under it a little bit too much. But, yeah, Curtis Granderson, um, just what an eye at the plate. And, obviously, he can come in. He's still above average defensively pretty much anywhere you put him in the outfield. Mm-hmm. So it just all those moves. And and to bring in Gio Gonzalez like that. He's pitching tonight. Yeah, and he was – what what was Washington going to do with him? Exactly. He's having the worst year of his career. Now he's starting game four of the NLCS. And he's still a 10-game winner. Yeah. And it's a down year by his standards. Yep. Well, his ERA was certainly high. What mm-hmm. was it, like around four and a half before mm-hmm. he came to Milwaukee? And, um, man, the Brewers just find a way. And uh, not to mention, they still have some money to spend. I mean, Ananasio, their, their main owner, mm-hmm. you know, he said, he's claimed that he would open up his pocketbook a little bit. And um, I think going into next year, what are they going to be around the eighty to eighty-five million dollar mm-hmm. mark? Um, and Ananasio was saying they could go well over a hundred million a year in payroll. Mm-hmm. So, man, 
what is this offseason going to mean? Who's coming back? And they've got a surplus of talent. What are they going to do with all of it? It's so exciting. We're excited for it. We're excited uh, to see what happens tonight. By the way, we'll have both the AL and NLCS Championship Series games here on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app coming up this evening. We will join the pregame show in progress for the ALCS Game 3 between Houston and Boston. That'll uh, We'll join the pregame right after we sign off here in the sports pen, and then it's a 9.09 start for Milwaukee and L.A. in the NLCS. Charlie Bramer's in studio with us. We'll take our last time out, come back. We'll have more in the sports pen after this. ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. Tanner Hoops joined by Charlie Bramer. Charlie, what's on tap? Man, in case the people missed it, I got it for them again. You don't want to miss out on this, people, because the pigskin payday is back. You can pick the winners of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize for your shot at the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casinos, Berga, Marquette. It, it almost makes it sound like if you play all season long, you'll get your $100,000 grand prize. Mm-hmm. But it's your shot at the $100,000 grand it's prize. shot at it. Yep, that's all you can ask for. you got to shoot your shot. Yep. Well, we've got NBA, speaking of shooting shots, we've got NBA starting tonight. The defending champion Warriors raising their banner, as they're going to do again about a year from now. They take <laughs> yeah. on Russell and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the drama, as far as who's going to be in the finals, who's going to win it, has been all all been taken out of it here in the last few yep, years. Yep, because we all know it's going to be the we Bucks. We know it's going to be. The Bucks, the yeah. Bucks. The Bucks, of course. Think they're going to win the East? Um, no, no, I don't think they'll win the East. Tell, uh, me, tell me what your thoughts are for the Bucks this season. Give me the over-under on 60 wins for them. Ooh, gee, I don't know, man. Right about That's, that mark is kind of where I'd put them. I was thinking, yeah, high 50s. Mm-hmm. Probably 60 would just be, wow. I'm picking 59 for them. 59. 59 and 23 is my prediction for the Bucks. That might be a little high, but right about there. Give or take five wins or losses. See, the Bucks just always have a tendency of going, just having a horrid month. Mm-hmm. You know, like they'll just have a horrible December, a horrible January. Mm-hmm. But obviously, with the new coach, Coach Bud, everybody seems real high on him. I like him. I do. Well, he's been successful. Yes, but. So you got to. Well, a lot of people hate winners. Everybody's complaining about Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. All he does is win. And uh, I love Mike McCarthy because mm-hmm. he's a winner. So I guess I got to love Coach Bud. There you go. Well, they're on the road at Charlotte. They tip off tomorrow night. Everyone else who's not uh, playing the defending champs tonight has to wait. So you've got the opportunity to uh, watch them play Charlotte, a team with Kemba Walker, see how they stack up against each other. Might be a good measuring stick for the Bucks. to try to tell us what they are like this year. But, again, we, we think the Warriors are going to be the team to beat, let's say that. Who's the biggest threat to Golden State? Tell me around the league. Who's the biggest threat and why? Oh, around the whole league. See, I thought you were going to say who's the biggest threat in the West. And there are so many people high on the Lakers. Okay. I do not think the Lakers are going to be – you really think – what do you think about think the Lakers? I think they'll be a low seed in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they'll – I don't think they can miss with the talent they have. No, they probably won't They'll miss. They'll be a five through eight seed. Yeah, yeah, and but there's a lot of people um, I hear on these sports radio shows and nationally syndicated ones mm-hmm. um, thinking they're going to be a three, four, and uh, kind of not yet. Maybe enough. maybe a year or two. I don't know. the The Rockets are certainly going to be good, man. Mm-hmm. The Rockets, you can't go wrong with them. How much are the Celtics going to improve? They were just such a young team. How mm-hmm. much improvement are they going to see from some of their players? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Celtics. Um, I anticipate the Bucks. Um, I don't know. I just I'm hoping they can make some moves, maybe during the season, mm-hmm. acquire some 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 more players. We'll see. I mean, obviously, in the playoffs, if a team can get hot. And um, we haven't seen the injury bug hit yet, mm-hmm. so we're still waiting for that. I think we have the top four in the East with, not necessarily in this order, Boston, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. Did Toronto get better this year by trading Kawhi for DeMar DeRozan? Um, 
I'm not sure they did, to be honest with you. Maybe they did. Maybe maybe it'll win them a. F- but that that's not a thing. I mean, they could win a few more games in the regular season. What mm-hmm. what what does that matter? Exactly. They've already been so solid in the regular mm-hmm. season for so long. Um, the playoffs. That's where it matters. And right? Dwayne Casey couldn't win in the playoffs, and that's why he's not in Toronto anymore. Yeah, and and is the new regime going to be able to get it done? Mm-hmm. That that's such a hard thing to predict. You know, mm-hmm. the playoffs, especially when we're this far away. It's kind of like talking about the draft when you're this far away. Um, but all I can say is I haven't been this excited for the Bucks, um, since probably the two, for the start of a season, mm-hmm. since probably the 2002 season, the mm-hmm. year after they, this, they, they won the, or they lost in seven games at Eastern Conference Finals to Allen Iverson, the 76ers. Yeah. And then, uh, they started off that season real hot and I don't even know if they ended up making the playoffs that year. They still had, yeah, Glenn Robinson, Tim Thomas, mm-hmm. Sam Cassell, Ray Allen, Jason Caffey, man, Irvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, then they got had Joel Prisbilla. He was out of the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I really thought that that team was going to be good for a long time. And uh, just a few years, as we were talking off air, uh, the Bucks traded Sam Cassell to the, to the Timberwolves. It was just kind of a dysfunctional group. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that um, – the Bucks can make this last. Obviously, they have the the young talent, but um, can they can they keep enough players around? Giannis, mm-hmm. um, isn't this going to be Bledsoe's last year of his deal? He's going to be looking for a huge mm-hmm. contract, but is he really worth it? They've got a lot of guys that, it, and it was kind of like Jabari Parker. Mm-hmm. He wanted his huge deal, but was he really worth it? No. Is 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 Bledsoe worth it? Probably not. But who else are you going to get? Exactly. So, man, the Bucks are going to be in kind of a tricky spot as far as they've done a really good job getting themselves into contention. Mm-hmm. But, but what are they going to do to put themselves over the edge, you know? Mm-hmm. And and um, I guess that's yet to be seen. That's, that's going to be a tough one, especially for a small market team like the Bucks, where they can't just say, oh, we've got money. Who wants to come play for us? You know, they'll have, they'll just be hearing crickets. Mm-hmm. You know, be waiting for the phone to ring. They've got to figure out a way of bringing in talent other ways. That can be real tricky. Charlie, appreciate you being here, man. I had a lot of fun. Let's do this again here soon. Sounds great, man. I can't wait till next week. Thanks again, Tanner. You're doing a great job. That's Charlie Bramer, our studio guest for today. That's it for us. Again, we are going to join the ALCS in progress. They're just about to throw the first pitch. We'll catch the end of the pregame show right here on ESPN-UP, ESPN-UP mobile app. Signing off from WZAM Mishpeming Marquette, I'm Tanner Hoops. Enjoy the game.